Mage Talk is brought to you by Mojo Stratus. Stratus is true cloud auto-scaling technology for Magento. Built by industry leaders and cloud architects, Stratus is a revolution in cloud hosting. Magento 2? No problem. Holidays? Flash sales? No problem. 100% uptime or your money back. Give Stratus a try today, risk-free, and tell them Mage Talk sent you. Check them out today at magemojo.com. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O.com. This podcast is brought to you by Commerce Hero. Better way to find a Magento developer for your next project or full-time hire. Hello, hello there. Uh, we are starting this podcast here with uh, the one and only Eric Heilman of Mage Mojo fame. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good. Um, so right off the bat, we got to talk about how, wh- what are you doing over at the beach, man? What's going on here? For those that Just are hanging out, you know, watching the in video. the Hamptons, <laughs> all my rich friends who left Manhattan to our, our second homes. As one does, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> nah, this is a really cool green screen, man. You know, being stuck inside. Got all the, I had a lot of the toys already just because yeah. we're always on remote. Yeah. And we're doing video a lot. So it's important to have good quality equipment. Yeah. And we started doing load in the loop with Avon, uh, the Magento performance podcast or YouTube channel. It's more of a YouTube channel. It's like, podcast, what do you call really? it? Like, so I don't know. I don't know. How's that going? Really. How's that going, yeah. by the way? It's good. It's good. We, we have a really fun time with it. So we help a lot of customers out. We review their stores. We find a lot of optimizations. A lot of loads in the loop. <laughs> yeah, really a lot of load in the loops. Uh, really, we really do. And, uh, we've had, we've had quite a few extension vendors reach out to us and say like, Oh, Hey, thanks. You know, we, or can you give us more information on that? And then, Oh, we fixed that. Can you re-review it? And, um, so it's, it's been cool. Uh, we, we not only help our customers, but I think we're, uh, doing a little bit to improve the uh, extension quality, the quality of extensions. They're all on notice now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're watching them. <laughs> Dude, I think it's such a brilliant um, like <clears throat> concept for a podcast. Um, because, like you're hitting... Yvonne's so- brilliant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's been deep in performance optimization stuff forever. And, um, I, j- I love the, I, like I watched, I think I gotta, I gotta check some of your latest ones, but I, I, I watched the first or second episode and it's so it's, you're hitting so many birds with one stone. Cause you're like solving real world customer problems. And it's also like good content. And like, like you said, you're also, it's useful to the extension vendors and, and stuff like that. And, it, and also like, it's super unique because it shows that like you uh, yourself as the CEO of a company are like digging into the code, you know, like uh, I do. I, I understand most of it. I mean, he's the brilliant one and he really understands it. So I right. kind of, I, I, I kind of follow along and ask some dumb questions here and there to, yeah. <laughs> to keep, you know, you gotta, you gotta have that co-host, and then I, he explains a lot, but I learn a lot from it. Yeah. And so, but like a CEO uh, doing a deep a dive on code level stuff is like pretty unique, you know? I, hey man, I used to code. Like I wrote our original billing system. No, I, I know. Original but, but like, Magento one seven, like, but yeah. like even, even not so much anymore. Yeah. Even people that used to code, like they forget how to code and you know, like I still think it's a pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's so a lot of people are like, oh, okay, you're the CEO of a company, which I mean, we have like 40 people. So I kind of laugh, like how much of a CEO can you really be of a 40 person company? I mean, uh, that's a CEO (laughs) in my book. (laughs) (laughs) So we, um, I, I know, I know that I, I, my job is to make decisions and to ensure that people are working on what they should be and that they have everything they need. But at the same time, I don't ever want to be just completely disconnected from the customer. So I, I do, I do like we, I like all of our tickets. They have an escalate to management link in it. I'm on that list. Oh, that's cool. I read all of those. Like I review support tickets, partner channels. I, I think it's, I think it's important to always be connected to the customer and understanding the code and Magento is a, is a good way to do that. I think. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, so let's see, man. So, you know, uh, this is kind of part of a series on remote work. Um, 
uh, which, you know, I've long been interested in and, um, you guys have been remote for a long time and it's something that's gone mainstream all out of nowhere with what's going on in the world. Right before this, we were talking to a agency, a global elite partner, and uh, they were like, the number one reason we can't move forward with you. And we, you're like, there's, you were at the top two <clears throat> and we chose the other one because they, you're remote and they aren't. <laughs> that's like, hilarious. That's the weirdest thing that people still, that's an advantage in my book. I, I think being able to work remotely and hire and manage global teams is an advantage. And especially now, it really, I think, has become one for sure. Now that yeah. he's kind of forced to be remote. Yeah. So the attitudes are shifting. Yeah. Attitudes have shifted a lot. Yeah. And it's like, there's a learning curve for remote. So the people that have experience with it, whether you're whatever kind of company you are, um, if you're an agency, if you rely on hiring people, if you whatever kind of literally whatever kind of company you are, if you have that experience, you know, you have a real advantage and everybody's going to get there eventually. Well, a lot of people are going to get there eventually, but it, it takes time. I mean, it takes a matter of years to really learn, you know, cause initially you just go like, Oh, we're just going to replicate the office everywhere else. And, yeah, no. you know, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and then you realize, it does, yeah, no, it, it does take time. <laughs> I, I see that. I see people on Twitter, like saying things about it and talking about it. And I hear it on podcasts and I'm, some of it I'm thinking, Oh wow. I, I never, I took that for granted. And then other things I'm thinking, no, that's just wrong. Like that's this, this is actually, it works differently or it is an advantage if you use it this certain way or mm. so it's been really interesting to hear people new coming into remote work and the struggles that they had with it. But I'm also deep down in it, so I don't, I never see a lot of that. So I'll, I'll do my best to, to talk about things and hopefully explain them as best I can. But I've been in it for so long, I take a lot of that for granted. Totally. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. You do start to take a lot of things for granted, you know, and, and even just being able to work remotely, like, um, is so amazing, but it's like, I immediately, like, if you want to, if you start talking about remote, I'm immediately talking about the problems, um, the things that can go wrong, the things that suck about it, um, the isolation, da, 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 da. and it's like, well, wait a minute, this is kind of amazing that we can work remotely in the first place. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, this technology's come a long way, man. When we started, like we were, I think Skype actually, uh, we, we didn't even have a, it was like two of us, Martin and I, we didn't have a real chat. Like we had just the Skype him and I. And then as we brought a couple people in, I think we created a group chat and Skype. And now, like, I don't know how we survive without Slack. Like, it's the, it's just the communication center of everything. Like, it's the heart of our business. Uh, and Zoom, Zoom video, I, we were so frustrated with, uh, Google Meet. Um, I, I hate Hangouts. Like, I hate them so much because they were just horrible in the beginning. Um, but now you got great tools. Yeah. Great, great tools. Dude, let's dive into this, man. I want to, I want to talk through all of this stuff, dude. Like, um, okay. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I know that, uh, feel free to take it anywhere it you want. Um, but yeah, like, from top. we'll work down through it. It's, it's if you, you know, we can spend as much time or as little time. Kane's talking about the outline I sent of, um, yeah, you got a discussion. good outline in here. I'm going to jump around a little bit, um, and just feel free to redirect it or whatever. But like, like, I'm real curious. I'm real curious about asynchronous versus synchronous um, work. I think that's one of the sort of fundamental shifts. Now, as a hosting company, there's a lot of stuff that has to be synchronous because of the nature of the, of the company um, that I would generally say, let's make as much as possible, as- or at least in terms of support related stuff. Um, and I'm generally pushing as hard as I can to make as much asynchronous as possible uh, within a company almost virtually everything. Like I think base camps, do you follow base camp at all? Kind of their 
philosophy yeah, and I've stuff. Yeah, i books. Yeah. Yeah, like I think they're probably all virtually 100% asynchronous. That's like, like at one extreme. Um, so, and you know, like Slack is so massively popular that there's kind of a little bit of a backlash against it now. For one, just because it's so popular. And for two, because people are always getting notifications left and right, whether or not they need That's- them a big part of this outline that I wanted to talk about, you can, you can just, uh, what I think I ping yourself, you can, your team can just ping itself to death in Slack and you can just derail yourself. Death by ping, death by a thousand (laughs) pings. (laughs) It it is, it is. No, it it really is. Cause you can just touch anyone at any time and distract them, disrupt them. People can get into a conversation and quickly change design directions or, you know, just like, um, technical direct, technical decisions, design decisions. Like they will just have conversations and, go off in different directions that were not what management discussed previously. <laughs> so you've got to control it. Like you, you've got to, you really have to control it. So, so chat is the heart. Um, how you set up your channels is critical. It's clutch. So I, yeah. I, yeah. I compare that to like the chart of accounts on your accounting and how you categorize all of your wow. uh, expenses. That's a really, that's a really interesting comparison. So you can start with a a basic outline, like everybody has some basic stuff, but for you and your business, and and even as your business grows and changes sizes or shifts markets, it's it's changing. You need to keep it updated and shift with it, but you need to categorize all that. Um, We, you know, we have, we have channels that are just for teams, just for team conversations where the teams talk to each other. And those are discussion type channels. Um, We have informational type channels where it's just status messages. Uh, For example, it could be systems sending in notifications from different system monitors and governors or external status pages. Or it could just be the end of support shift change log where, where they uh, have the end of shift notes or our company change log, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we also... Wait, you have, uh, a, you have strict- a company change log channel? Yes, we, we do. We keep our change log in Slack. Um, we, we have a public one in our KB mm. where we post it, but when it actually happens, everything that gets changed, even if it's updating KB article gets logged in the change log channel. So it's more so than everyone can see it. It's more than, uh, uh, like a, like a, like a code based change log or a product change yeah, log. It's, it's like, it could be your entire, it could be, could be policy or whatever for your company product. It could be policy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Of course, just be what happened on, uh, well, the, the, the support shift logs are like what happened last night. Um, but the global change log is, yeah, like we, we blocked the bot globally. It goes in there. We released a new feature. It goes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's, it's, there's like, there's a whole world of use cases that open up when you, when it makes sense to pay for Slack, right? Within a company environment. Like, if you're in a Slack that's more of a community one that's free, and then you've got the limit on the number of uh, records, <laughs> like the idea, you like, don't want to go there, do you? Yeah. <laughs> so, anybody, everybody who's on Twitter follows us knows what knows what is. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's a that's an interesting because like you say Slack as if it's the same. Everybody talks about Slack as if everybody is doing this as if it's the same thing to everybody. And it's like, it, it can be so many different things. Like I don't like the idea of a, as a company change log is like, whoa, like, you know, we, we, yeah, we have a change log. We have discussion channels for teams. We have, um, we have groups like management channels for shift leads, management levels, different management levels, or, um, we're also, or topics. So we have some general runs. Like we have a general channel where you can just post like industry related news. We have a random channel that's full of everything like memes, politics. Gotta have like, that. Yeah. Gotta have the meme, yeah. the meme channel. 
<laughs> the meme yeah. channel, the GIF channel. I think every channel is a GIF channel. Every, we yeah. love the, the <laughs> flash GIFy command, man. Let's like we're throwing GIFs everywhere. Yeah. Um, Are you a GIF? But your yeah. team GIF. Your team GIF. I I am team GIF. Oh, that, that's, God. Uh, We've had I'm also such a, a good uh, relationship. Over spaces guy is too. We've so had like, such I, a good relationship for so many years, <laughs> and I find out your team GIF. God. I I don't I I'm not sure I've just always in my head pronounced it that way and uh, yeah I, I don't know um, fair enough so so okay so the gifts gifts we have a gift channel oh you're speaking uh, my language right that's where we give the gift of <laughs> gifts to one another uh, that's how you know you're a good yeah, ceo you you speak the language of the person you're talking <laughs> I speak, to i can adapt to whoever i'm talking to <laughs> that's true that's true um but yeah you, the communication flows you have to you have to categorize you have to keep a consistent flow uh, because you can like conversations go crazy they go crazy. They get missed. Uh, you, you'll have that a lot. You'll have, if you don't have precise limits and rails on a channel, people come in and do all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Can, can we swear on this? Or are we going to get yeah. censored if I say? Go nuts, man. Okay. All right, cool. Go nuts. <laughs> um, people do all kinds of crazy shit. Like they'll come into a channel and uh, somebody will be talking about something. They'll talk about something else. Derail the conversation. Yeah. Um, speaking, you know, moving on to like asynchronous part of that, they'll come in and they'll, they'll have a discussion and somebody will say something like, I saw this thing happening and they'll just throw it out into the ether. You have to have delegation and responsibility. Like balls will drop everywhere if you don't at somebody specifically. So I'm always like, Okay, who are you talking to? I'm always, who are you talking to? Always make sure you are addressing somebody because inevitably they will come back and they will say, well, I told, I told you in this channel, like, and with history, that's cool. Like you can search that and you can find that. Mm. But if you didn't address it, if you didn't take that ball and stick it into somebody else's hands, it drops Mm -hmm. and all, you know, and everything around that drops. So you need to make sure that you always like at people. So we at people a lot, mm. specifically who you're talking to um, that way. And then it's the next person's responsibility to pick it up and move forward with it. Yeah. Dude, I feel like you could write a book on your like Slack policy or like a, or like an epic blog, but there's probably a bunch of those out there, like how, how we use Slack kind of a thing. But like, they're probably individual i think there's probably stuff we do that would be unique yeah um and and that's your company too like what works for us may not work for you um like i have a policy of no dms no really if you want to talk if you want to talk about personal stuff if you're talking personal stuff that's okay that's fine but if it's business related no dms we learned that the that hard way sense. because people will, again, they'll go off, they'll have private conversations. Then their understanding of something changes from the group's understanding, their design decisions, their, their, um, choices at all. Now they have knowledge that the rest of us doesn't have. But again, the beautiful part of chat is everybody can see it. Mm. So now if you're in a channel and people are talking, others can come in and learn from it. So our T1 has access to T2 channels and they can learn from T2. T2 and T1 have access to the dev team. T1 channels. and they T2, can, those are your te- levels of technical support? Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we do have a, we got to the point where we did need to split um, T1 and T2. So T2, T2 is basically like working on longer running issues. So if something takes more investigation and they have a, a higher level of access credentials into the systems and training to work more kind of, kind of into like the Docker and Kubernetes services type side of things, they can get into AWS and look more deeper into the systems than like T1 can. Mm. Um, but they can see so they learn. So they 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 read the other channels. They they see what's going on. They they can share knowledge, um, and they can. Uh, I think they can learn a lot that way. So when we have new people come in, they have a whole history. They have good viz into the company, all the different areas of it, so they can understand what's going on. When and I think yeah. pretty much everybody has a three sixty degree view of the company through Slack. Dude, you're all chat. about you're all about the three hundred and sixty degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I, th- I think so. Like um I think it's it's good visibility, yeah. but again, you have to really you have to really control it. 
Right. Chat will kill you. Right. Chat, especially asynchronous chat. Balls will drop. People go off the rails. Yeah. Waste time. Yeah. yeah. Do conversations get mixed up? In terms of new uh, people starting, like, can you pretty much throw them at the slack and do like, do they just jump in and like, because you know, people when people are new, they'll have a they'll have a tendency to ask questions because it's just human nature, and most companies don't have really good documentation to kind of throw you at. Um, but it sounds like you guys are pretty thoughtful around that. So like, can people just jump in and just learn a ton? Anyone over T1 can any, anybody who's on a dev team or an executive level or a T2 can jump in and get running through Slack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do they just like spend a week just reading the Slack straight, like eight hours a day, just matrix it? Yeah, it's the first thing we do. Yeah. It's the first thing we do is when they come in, they that's like first access they get. And then we'll bring them in and talk to them and show them the channels, get them introduced. And then they take off running from there. Nice. Yeah. Well, we have, I mean, we have a good, pretty good KB internal documentation uh, it's always never enough. It's always never what I want it to be, but it's pretty good. Mm. Um, so they can learn from that. But just being able to see other people communicate and talk uh, through problems, uh, through solutions. And um, yeah, no, I think that really helps get people oriented around the company. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so um, what are, okay. So in terms of synchronous versus asynchronous, um, if some, let's say that, um, I'm a T2, um, working on a longer running problem. It's not a initial support response where I need a 15 minute turnaround and I have a question and I pop in and I ask somebody a question, um, as for, let me ask you about notifications, right? Are you a fan of, I ask you a question as another T2 or a T3, does a notification pop up for you or is it more asynchronous where maybe you get back to it within a few hours when maybe your head's down on some other problem? How, how do you deal with the coordination of, of, of that scenario, like getting the quick answer versus allowing each person to focus for a few hours at a time in the zone and like in a flow state kind of a deal? Yeah, we, so this is one of the big reasons why I'm a huge fan of meetings. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk. Uh, we gotta talk about move this. into that one. Yeah, that's another <laughs> we controversial. We should have opened it up with that. To. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. maybe, man. Uh, that's the reason I'm big on meetings because you have to control when people talk about something because they will talk about stuff constantly in Slack, especially especially like the uh, the more tech they are, they, like they love to just talk. They'll, right. they'll talk about stuff even if it's not related to them, just because they're interested in it. And so, what we do is we hold. So everybody knows the buffer, what types of conversations for the meetings. I'm really, really big on meetings. So I'm like, meetings are the time for synchronous communication. Mm -hmm. All the rest of the time is asynchronous communication. Nice. If there is an emergency incident, then, or you need to get somebody's attention quickly, you can DM them and say, Hey, I need your help with this. Just as a pain. Just purely as a pain. Just as a pain. No, in, no information. Like, like the information no, has to no. exist elsewhere, but the ping. So everybody needs to have their the notifications ping, yeah. on for direct messages, basically. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they know, okay, this is critical. It's synchronous. I need to pay attention to it. Moving up to a higher level, though, whoever, whoever creates the like the one ring to rule them all of communications and uh, uh, pings and notifications is going to make them <laughs> mega bucks, man. Like if you had one program that could corral all your notifications from everything and you could classify them, there's a huge, huge market for that. Dude, I would love that. Did you but. see texts.com? No, dude. No. So you just, I hate to interrupt your flow, but you have to just pull up texts.com, T E X T S.com. Um, I saw this yeah. just the other day and I oh, someone was just asking me for this, a teacher, because they, they were text messaging all their students individually, their parents. 
Well, actually, and they were wanting to get yeah, and then I'm realizing that in the um, this is just a landing page which says one inbox all your texts. But I saw this from a tweet that has screenshot of the interface where it pulled everything in, um, which I thought was interesting because and I've looked into this a little bit. One of the problems is a lot of things do not give you API access. So mm-hmm. if you want to get SMS access from an Android phone or an iPhone. No API access. You want to get Facebook Messenger? No API access. So I don't know how these guys are doing it, if they have special, they've negotiated access, but that's the bottleneck. I was on Upwork, man, I, for a year or two ago, and I was trying to find somebody to build this utility on Mac, and it was just there's so many hurdles to get it. There was there was something that Mac had recently changed where you couldn't access because I thought, okay, like your phone's already connected to your, you could connect your phone to your MacBook or use uh, um, Microsoft Phone and their app, so you can get you get like a phone into the OS, but can you hook into what's in the OS? Mm-hmm. And there was I don't know on Mac they changed some security setting where you couldn't get to that like almost intentionally trying to stop i'm pretty sure taking control of their lives i'm pretty sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) they all want your attention they all want your attention everybody wants to send you notifications yeah i don't know like if i could have like gmail style filters for text messages like i stopped using text messages for a few months because i was so tired of all the noise and stuff like that and um there's fatigue. It's fatiguing. Like, how do you like, okay, so you get a text message, you look at it, but you can't work on it now and you have to respond to it later. Where do you, and then you, you do, and you it? can't you even mark as unread. It? Like I can't mark my, like you can't snooze. Uh, it. Like, yeah. I have, I've gone through like 50 different <laughs> systems of just tracking tasks, everything you can think of, yeah. to try to keep it all in order. It's, yeah. Then it's still a mess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but you were talking about, um, a DM for escalation or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So chat is Slack is asynchronous. Um, and we, we do communicate, we do have conversations in it. Uh, but, but mostly around like if, if guys are working on something and they're like, you know, day to day stuff like, uh, you know, who's in a dev, who, who broke the dev build, like, or something like that. Like, or I'm working on this. Is anybody else working on it? Kind of thing. Uh, you know, I need to touch this or am I going to affect anyone else if I do this thing I want to do essentially? Um, but most of it's asynchronous. Uh, and so they know, okay, to just check on it every so often, really, whenever you break your flow, go ahead and check on it and see, unless you get a direct message and then go pay attention to it right away. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I I don't know how common that is. I I just assume that 80, 90% of, of Slack teams are, are, are not so mindful of being asynchronous and they're just getting notifications. If you're not, it will kill you. Yeah. It will kill you. You will, you will be so distracted. You'll never get into a flow state. You'll just, yeah, you'll just never get, deep thoughts down into things. Yeah. So you have to really be careful with that. Do you have... And again, that's another reason for meetings because that's like people want to talk about stuff. It's like, hold this, bring it to the weekly meeting. We'll discuss it there. That's a synchronous time where we communicate synchronously about all the things that we held right. back in the asynchronous right. world. Right. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say something and then now I'm back onto the meetings. I have a bunch of meetings related uh, questions. Oh, everybody hates me. Oh, I was going to say, I I was, before I get that, I was going to say, um, uh, do you, uh, do you have a company wide setting that has notifications other than DM disabled? by default or do people have to go in? Cause I normally, when I join a Slack, I always go in and disable a bunch of notifications. And I think most people just don't do that. I don't know if that's, we, we, we don't, we don't have a official company policy on it. Um, we, yeah, we, we don't have an official company you policy just, on it. We let people manage that. Yeah. Cause there's different like supports different than a T1 or like T1 or T2 is really different between each other. Yeah. They could be on call. They could be off call. Right. I think what a lot of them are doing are setting their work hours in Slack. So right. when they're, when they're not on schedule, they're not seeing the notifications. Right, 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 right. So I'm different. Like I have some channels just muted, other channels not muted, right. but I'm pretty sure even if the channel is muted and someone at channels you, you still get hit. 
So that's another way to really hit people pretty hard is if you at channel them, that's like at channels, the nuclear option. Like if you, if you add channel, you better have a damn good reason. (laughs) You're liable to get slapped if you at channel without a good reason. (laughs) Let's face it. Magento can be a beast to run in the cloud. And that's why Stratus by MageMojo is hosting Evolved. Say goodbye to dedicated DevOps teams and complex cloud architecture. With Stratus, you get a rock-solid architecture that's built on Amazon AWS and true cloud auto scale. Never worry about capacity planning ever again with the full power of AWS that's behind your site. Backed by Magento Cloud Architecture Geniuses at MageMojo on technologies like ECS, Kubernetes, Aurora, and also a 15-minute SLA that's the fastest in the entire industry, you can be sure that your site is in good hands with Stratus. Give it a try today, and we know you won't be disappointed. Head over to magemojo.com slash magetalk and get started. That's M-A-G-E-M-O-J-O dot com slash magetalk. Thanks again to MageMojo for the continued support of MageTalk. All right, meetings. So I think that, you know, going back to the base camp thing, I think that like they're my example of like fully asynchronous. And I think that they aren't real big on meetings and they try to get a lot of things in writing, you know. If you want to think something out, if you want to propose a solution, like write it up and then get comments and, and, and be able to do it in a real thoughtful way. Right. Um, but obviously, yeah, people are used to communicating, you know, synchronously discussing what we're doing it now. And <laughs> this could have been a, a blog post. Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, it's also our, our contact. Like we, we right. need to build camaraderie. You know, we need to remember that we're all human beings at the other end of these keyboards. And I think meetings really it helps with that. Yeah. Like it, you know, we, we have fun. We have fun on the meetings. We joke around, but we're also very serious. Like we, we know who's going to, we know there's a person who's going to lead the meeting. We have an agenda. We take notes on, we review last meeting's notes and then we add notes to the next one. Nice. And we, we, you know, we're not just getting together because we said we were going to get together. Like we have an agenda. We bring things forward. We go around in order. Uh, and there's, and we discuss things synchronously. Like we sit down and we say, okay, like I, I need to talk to you about this thing. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? We get gather opinions, take votes. Right. Like you, you could do it asynchronously, but I'm a really big fan of doing it synchronously. The connection's um, important. Um, I, I mean, as uh, when you yeah. work remotely, connection is the name of the game at like finding ways to connect well with other people is I would say probably the number one or top three biggest problems in your life. Like not only and it bleeds over, right? Cause so much of your work lot, so much of like, what is it? 80% of people's friends are from the workplace or something like that. So yeah, when you don't ha- have that. that, you're missing out on sort of your primary way of uh, socializing. So like, that's something I've tried to, you know, struggle to figure out, you know, and so I, I get that. Um, so yeah, the connection piece is real important. Do you, um, like, like in terms of like making it fun or whatever, like, how do you do that? Like, do you, is there, is there an initial time where you're just talking, you know, just goofing around, um, before you get into the agenda? Yeah. We joke a lot. And in the beginning, people show up a few minutes early. We're talking like, Hey, you know, how was your weekend? How are you doing? Uh, making jokes. Yeah. You know, screwing around with Zoom backgrounds, like, yeah. uh, sharing stuff. We, um, we, we don't really get into sound effects. I'm like, I'm really strict. Like I'm, I'm actually really strict with meetings. Like you have to have good audio equipment. If your if your headset's fucking up, I'll tell you you need a new headset. Don't come back until you have one. <laughs> yeah. uh, like we, you know, if there's we have a really low tolerance for screaming babies in the background, things like that, any noises. Um, because we are remote from the beginning, like that's considered part of your workspace. You need to make sure totally. that you have a quiet space. And now, granted, you know, you know, sometimes you got to watch the kids or some things happen. We we have some tolerance there, but for the most part, like your audio has got to be crisp. 
once we're in the meeting, you got to be paying attention. Don't be drifting off. Don't be doing other things. Like if I see people chatting who are in a meeting, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, I'll have something to say about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, focus, you know, when you're there, you're there to do a synchronous thing, to focus, get it done and move on. Uh, always be on camera. Uh, everybody has to be on camera. Uh, you know, people, people try to hide people don't be on camera, like especially tech people are really shy to be on camera for some reason. Right. I don't know. It seems more than others. Uh, but but also, see, when you're chatting, though, the thing is, there's no there's no enunciation. There's no emotion. There's no eye contact. There's no facial expressions. There's no gestures. You, you, we pick up a lot of, of how people communicate just by looking at them, even if they have their arms crossed or where, where they're looking or their eyes, so much of it. And you lose that. You lose that in chat. Mm-hmm. Like people will tell me like, yo, man, you're really difficult in chat. And then I talk to you and you just sound like a really nice guy, like you're completely different. I'm like, thanks for reminding me. Like I should, I need to be more, I need to, you just be thoughtful when you chat, you know, remember that there is a human being on the other end. Uh, don't be too rough. And when you come on to meetings and you hear that, I think it, I think it diffuses a lot of that shit that can build it does. up yeah. from just that. Yeah. That raw chat. Chat is raw. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you need some of the uh, human contact and it's not a, perfect it's it's an approximation of actual physical in-person contact but it's it's, it's pretty close um but you need yeah. that human contact to sort of keep your relationships whether it's work personal whatever like to keep that human relationship like to maintain it or otherwise you you know stuff builds up and stuff i think the the way i was trying to word the question um was like because i think one of the things that um gitlab gitlab put out a really cool um thing on their remote work policy they're one of the biggest uh fully remote companies i think in the world i think what do they have like a thousand people or something like that. I don't know. I might just be, uh, I'm not sure. it's, 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 it's big. And they, they put out like basically a huge, uh, their complete remote playbook. And I haven't read, I've read oh, parts yeah. of it. It's pretty good. It has a lot of good stuff. And I think that one of the things that I thought was really smart in there was that they, um, intentionally set aside time for informal communication. And I, I want to say it's like, a 15 minute a week, like connect with somebody on the team and just talk about whatever. And it has to be non-work related for that period of time. We do. Um, so we do team meetings. The meetings are team based by team. Mm. We'll do ad hoc meetings. If we have a situation that's a one-off that needs further discussion, Mm. whether it's an emergency or just a longer running project, or it doesn't require everybody on the meeting. Mm. But we also have a bi-weekly state of the mojo. And on the state of the mojo, everybody's welcome to come. Uh, I go around, talk to the, talk to the team, the team leads, directors, they give an update. I give an update and then we open the floor for, to talk about anything, questions, comments, concerns, and we record it and share it around for the rest of the team. But we have an open time there where uh, we can talk about anything, whether company related or not. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. It's... We tried to do a game night. Okay. We tried to do a game night. I really wanted a game night to happen. <laughs> uh, and everybody voted for it. They, everybody wanted it, but when it came time to do it, it was really difficult to agree on a time, a day and a time that everybody could do it. Right. And then when it just, people ended up not coming to it because life, life happens. Yeah. You know, they, they get involved in things and it's a low priority. So game night never really took off, but maybe it will in the future. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. I think that like, you just have to be so intentional about stuff like that, you know, cause yeah, it's like hard to schedule and, um, people want to do it, but then it's like, uh, you know, one other thing on my list and, and it's, it's one other thing to do. And it's not, and it's not exactly the same as like an in-person night, you know, it's like, it's like the whole world is. Well, there's no beer. Yeah, I mean, right, right, right. Free beer, free nachos, <laughs> exactly. or sliders. Exactly. So, That's yeah. like how. Th- it's not like you're going out. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you're going right. out. You're getting away from the wife and kids right. or whatever. Right, right, right. Having a couple beers after work. It's different. Right. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, you want to create kind of a kind of a unique uh, space where people can kind of escape a little bit and just have fun, but it's like 
we're all just you're still at you're work you're still in the yeah, office essentially the same like place. yeah <laughs> you're still at the office. yeah it's like it's it's tough i think well events events were kind of our getaway um yeah we would bring team members to events and that was kind of a good chance to sit down have some drinks talk about not really not work stuff yeah i miss um, do you miss events yes and no I was thinking today I really miss events, but then tomorrow I'll be like, I don't miss it. I'm exactly the I'm same. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a relief to not have to be, you know, the, the weird person for not going to an event, you know, cause like I, I, I skipped a few events that I normally would go to in the last couple of years. And it's like a relief that like, I don't have to explain myself to anybody, <laughs> but there are, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work, a lot of money. Yeah. It's expensive. I'm an introvert. It's going out. It's kind of a little difficult. Um, so it's, it's, a. Uh, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, oh man, you know, I really could really just be in Vegas drinking a beer right now. That'd be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be hanging out with you, TJ Ali, smoking some cigars. Yeah, just hanging out. Dude, smoking some That'd cigars. Nice. <laughs> That'd be, be really great. Nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, I saw this, um, this like Tony Robbins event. I'm not like a Tony Robbins guy or anything, but just the... Um, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, the screen. The format of their, because they're, I mean, they're a live events company. That's what they do. And so the, the format of it was wild. They have these like floor to ceiling, um, I don't know, maybe 20 feet high screens. And then all of the individual videos for like, I don't know how many people, 12,000 or I don't know, a large number of people were on these screens. And then the speakers were, in this like stage where they're moving around, they're talking. And then the whole time they're seeing this like wall of faces and that's, it was the yeah, production dude. value was wild. It was like, that's what I was like the virtual events I've seen, they lose the audience. So like when I'm on the virtual events and I'm watching the speakers talk, like I want an audience view for some reason. Right. I want to see people's reactions. Right. I want to feel like I'm part of a crowd. Like I want to see myself and I, I haven't, I think that's really missing. And I haven't seen any platforms doing that. I, maybe it's a really yeah. uh, difficult thing to yeah. do. It was interesting to see that innovation because I think there's going to be tons of, of innovation around this and things that are going to come up that we're going to be, you know, we didn't expect uh, in order to basically bring people closer together in, in different ways. Now that the whole entire world is focused on this, sort of solving this problem. Um we're trying. Well, with Meet Magento New York, Marsh has been doing months of research and evaluating. Oh, really? I think they've evaluated, yeah, like what, 90 platforms or they've, they've evaluated a lot of platforms. Wow. So trying to find a really good way to do it. They have a really high, well, Jamie said a pretty high bar, man. So the, you know, the bar has been set. I heard some uh, really good things about do, that. The UK yeah, one. We want to do a good event and, um, but it's it's tough. It's and a lot of those systems are new too. Like they're not tested, battle hardened. Like right. they're still really figuring things out. They just got a bunch of funding, and like the features aren't all there. So like you, you're finding that out as you get into bunch it. Of like it's, vaporware, it's not, bunch of event. Yeah, there's a lot of vaporware. <laughs> That's but it does does miss something. I, I think the audience is a large part of that. Um, it's, I, I've always, I've always believed the events was just the in-person conversations that you didn't expect to happen or the, the benefit yeah. to me. Um, talks, talks are cool. You know, people put a lot of work into talks and there's some really good ones. Um, but it, it's really the, the conversations, the hallway yeah. track, I guess. As it's I heard somebody, somebody told me recently that, uh, the, the, uh, Magento or the Adobe online event that happened recently that they, um, they really liked the way the sort of hallway track, uh, stuff was done. I didn't, I didn't see it myself, but, um, they said that uh, felt yeah. like pretty good. I, so the MA one, I tried to message people and you're supposed to be able to do mm. that, but I didn't, they didn't get notifications. I didn't get notifications when they messaged no. me, so I wasn't able to directly connect with anybody. That's weird. And then they had individual rooms, which was cool that you could go into. But I was kind of 
weirded out. I went into one and I had my video on. It's like, it asks you if you want to share your video. And I was like, yeah, I'll share my video. And I'm thinking there's like 20 other people with video, but it turns out it was like me and one other dude. And like, we're both kind of like, what's going on? Are we on video? <laughs> and then I found out later, like everyone else could see us, but we couldn't see them. And it turned into some like weird, weird creepy fetish, like... <laughs> Yeah, I don't voyeur show. I don't know. It's it's hard to get right. It's hard to get right. It's, yeah, it's 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 funny how something can go from just video to like feeling creepy because somebody doesn't have it on. <laughs> it, it felt creepy. It's like, man. It felt creepy. Yeah, like on a. T- I mean, when you're in an event. You can see them, they can see you, but when you're doing this remote stuff and you give people the option to have a camera or to turn on a camera or not turn on a camera, you like change the dynamic. Of yeah. It. yeah. 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 Like what, like if you call somebody and like you didn't discuss whether it's video or audio and like one person has their video on, one person doesn't is like, uh, <laughs> Phil is like, I'm Phil does the power play. He's always on video, even when everybody's not on video. <laughs> That's the power move. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yeah so um well i think i get your your thing on meetings um i think it i think it actually makes sense um even though a lot of, obviously a lot of developers and stuff you know hate meetings um i hate them too yeah <laughs> I hate them too. You're big on meetings. I wish we had less of them, yeah. but I really feel strongly they're important. Yeah. I feel like there's... At least for us yeah. at this stage. I feel like there's like a magic formula for having like the perfect type of meeting that could theoretically be figured out where it's a combination of that human connection, just having fun. Um, and also talking about the things that really are ideal to talk about synchronously. Um, and like, if we can get to that, you know, um, that'd be, that'd be cool. Um, but obviously so many meetings are just like, not at all that, you know, and they're just like, no, I, I think people complain about meetings that there's no clear leader. They're not taking notes. They don't have an agenda. They don't control the conversation. Nobody's listening. Like you say anybody's Nobody's name. Listening. Sorry, I was on mute. People are on their phones. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, like I, it's, that makes a big difference if you run a meeting properly. A well-run meeting is a beautiful thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well said. Um, man, I see. So I, th- I guess we've been going for, what is it now? For almost... 45, 30. Doing math in public is never, never a good thing. 44 minutes. Oh, cool. We got some time. Got some time left. Are you good on time? Do you have a hard Yeah, I'm good on time. Okay. Sweet, man. Uh, So let's see. I'm just looking at this doc, see if there's, was there anything else? Um, I'm in one of those moments where I completely like, like lost the, the train of thought on what to you can link it up if, maybe in the show notes or whatever and if anybody wants to reference it or whatever it's oh perfect fine. perfect yeah this is a good outline um so um yeah no i think i mean i think we've covered chat ops, chat ops. okay let's we'll go back to chat chat, chat ops, ops. We, we write slack bots nice uh, nice to do things uh, that you can interact with. So like we have one that checks our eyes, uh, Amazon, our eyes reserved instances. Oh, okay. You can like, like, uh, run commands and check our eyes for different regions and it'll return information. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, so we have a lot of like controls from Slack. It's pretty mm-hmm. neat. You can do some pretty cool, uh, Slack bots to, to automate things that you would otherwise have to, which is nice because then other people can see it. Other people can use it. It's um, Mm. easy Mm -hmm. to do. What are some of the bots that you guys have? Um, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, uh, informational bots that you can get information from. So like all the system governors are bots that report into Slack. Uh, pretty much, pretty much every system we have reports in the Slack, to be honest, even external systems like FedEx APIs, uh, Lexicon has a really nice, um, shipping monitor that will return if shipping is goes down oh. or Cloudflare. We have Cloudflare's status page sending updates yeah, yeah. through RSS feeds to us. Uh, but interactive bots, yeah, like the RI bot, um, 
We have a couple other bots. I can't think of what they are offhand. Other teams use. What's a system I governor? I don't think I've heard that term before. We we have uh, watching over Stratus because well Magento is so crazy and we let customers do whatever they want with it. We have a lot of monitors in place looking for runaway database queries that are locked, long running, or if database queries back up for a long period of time, mm. or it, it just we we have a set of boundaries of where a, a customers set of containers on Stratus should be operating within. Mm -hmm. And when they go without it, they the bots talk to us, send us information, warnings, and then they'll take action. Um, like maybe they'll kill a query or restart MySQL or things things of that nature to keep the site alive. That's cool. So like the bots, yeah, the bots are watching customer sites to ensure that they're up and then they'll take action nice. to... Uh, try to keep them alive and save, is that, save customers from yourself. Right, right, right. Is that like a, like a supervisor? Like what's the, uh, the, yeah, that would be a better term for it. A supervisor. Oh, okay. We have different, yeah, we have different, um, supervisors on. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So just a bunch of monitoring bots and stuff like that. Dude, I tried to build a Magento chat bot once that just like, uh, you, you trade GT3, man. Oh again. my God. Really dude. Wow. <laughs> GPT3, dude. This is, that's, that's, uh, yeah, GPT. That, that's, uh, man, I, I don't, I'll never know whether to believe a Twitter user ever again. Yeah. Like, I, like it, I'll never know if a comment on my blog post is real ever again. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. I don't understand it. I applied to get a, a access to it. Probably never will. But, uh, yeah. it's, I don't even get it. I see these things and it's like, wait a second. So how did it generate that exactly? Did it generate a few different things? You picked the best one. I mean, it, it, it can create, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it. it I, I haven't seen it. I, I'm, I'm wondering if it could generate marketing copy for me. Cause I would love I'm pretty sure, I love to just, like, I'm pretty sure it can dude. Just, just generate marketing copy, boost my SEO on the site. You build a product and then you just, just crank out blog articles. You build a product. It like reads the code and you go generate marketing site. And it just does everything perfectly. Generate architecture. I learned that word yesterday. Architecture. Mark. Maybe GPT three. I gotta look this up. Go kitchen. Market. Mark. Architecture. Architecture. Yeah, it was an Adobe. Oh, like yeah, architect, like architecture, but architecture is a portmanteau. Of but architecture. The words of marketing and architecture. Okay. Apl the term is applied was, to any form of electronic architecture perceived to have been produced purely for marketing reasons. Oh, so here's here's the context. It was an Adobe Experience Cloud update. Uh, Recent customer research has informed some refinement of our Adobe Experience Cloud plus CXM messaging. Several key new innovations have also led to an update of the Adobe Experience Cloud architecture. That was that's that was uh, an official yeah. communication, like a that's something. What? <laughs> but apparently, that's a thing. Like, if you go to Google Images and you Google architecture, you get some pretty cool um, marketing diagrams of. Um, I guess, yeah, just marketing and sales stuff of not not real technical, but like uh, customer benefits. I guess it would be like diagrams of customer benefits for different customer profiles and markets. God, this is uh, such yeah. A, I was like, architecture. Oh my god, like this is such a marketing word. <laughs> is that real? <laughs> is that real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like let's just plug that into GPT three. Like the latest. Like, I think the way it works is it you probably could you seed it with an initial sentence, and then it generates. So it's like, it's not like you say, Hey, GPT three, do this for me. You, you seed it with like a sentence and then it. Oh I, yeah. I've seen people seeding it with tweets from a user and then 
it would write tweets like that user and they were like pretty good. Yeah. Off only like 10 or 15 tweets is a scene. Dude, I saw this one so that this guy posted a tweet. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was it was sort of very cryptic. It was like hard to understand what he meant. And somebody took it and literally plugged it into GPZ3 and expanded on it into like a a few paragraphs and they, and then it literally explained this guy's tweet. And the guy retweeted it and he was like, it's explaining my tweet yeah. better than I could have. Like, yes, it's, it's pretty damn it's good. Donkulous. Did you see it writing code? I did. did I don't even understand. Code? Like, I don't get, I, how is it doing? Like, I didn't even think that was related but then, to but then language. I, like, uh, people ask it too crazy it's like the way to fool it though like it can't pass a turing test um there's a, an article where somebody was working with it and was asking it like how many how many poozles in a kerfluffle and it'll like try to answer it <laughs> so it's like so it doesn't know like nonsense it'll it'll just right, get a try right, to answer right, everything so right. you can totally like it, it'll never say that's a stupid question right you know, go away like it right just, right so you know it's not human but if it if it recognize like bullshit from real things right. like that it, but like I, it'd be that's an interesting tell, one though too because like like i can think of people who uh whether it's a language barrier or whatever if you said that to them they would do the same thing they would think it was a literal question right so maybe yeah, yeah. like but yeah it's it's <laughs> there's this one uh ai podcast i would listen to and i think they would start it out by saying what does artificial or no what is intelligence i think they know i think they would say what is artificial intelligence and you'd hear people try to define it and it was like it was it was everybody defines it a little bit differently nobody has a real crisp clear definition of it um it's, I, we, I mean, really, we can't even measure our own intelligence accurately. Yeah. We have tests, but I don't think that they're really, I don't know. I, I'm not an expert on the subject, but what I have read is like, we really can't test accurately right. for it. Like IQ tests and stuff. So, yeah. 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 Like IQ tests, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got onto this, but, uh. Oh, chatbots. <laughs> chatbots. <laughs> you wrote it, tried to write a yeah, chatbot. Yeah, should we write the magenta one in GPT-3? That'd be hilarious. With the, with the Slack bots. I, we have a couple other Slack bots that are interactive. Um, really? Can't remember what, what they do offhand, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that stuff. I, I would have more of them if, if we had the resources to write mm -hmm. them and maintain them for all kinds of tasks. I love yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. You can see what people did. They're easy to work with. Anybody can follow it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's I don't, I don't know how many people would really uh, benefit from chat offs with Slack bots and stuff. Yeah, we think they're cool and fun. Yeah, but, they're kind of nifty. But we, but it's not just not just communication. Yeah, uh, you know, like uh, status messages, system messages right. is is uh, is really big. Dude, did you guys with the Cloudflare outage? Did you guys get nailed by by that? You mentioned like the Cloudflare status thing. Like, oh man, our uh, our alert system. Like, we monitor customer sites up or down, and we had a flood of those come in, and we had to shut our monitoring down because we thought <laughs> something. We thought we did something wrong. <laughs> We're like, oh no, like we we've got like an error in our monitoring system. Or well, first instinct is like we have a system problem, and then we're like, no, our system's not operational. We have a monitoring problem. Oh no, <laughs> shut the monitoring down. <laughs> and then I see like, okay, no, like we have Cloudflare status comes into the, um, to one of the channels and we, we saw it there and we're like, oh, okay, no, they have something going on. That's when we realized a lot of customers were using Cloudflare DNS yeah. and there are monitors couldn't get to their sites because yeah. of that. Dude, um, that must've been so, well, oh, sorry. I was just oh, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I almost had a heart attack, man. I thought, oh, that's my, my worst nightmare. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but it's, it's actually sucks. <laughs> um, I'm like, do you, like, how soon are you getting notifications? about that stuff like is it blowing you up personally right away or does the team get it first like that's got to be like this so stressful team gets it yeah. first team gets it first because they because it goes into our help desk so the people who are on the help desk they see the tickets open up to the customers and they immediately know okay something's going on 
And then, uh, then it, they report, they start talking about it in the internal channels and then it wakes, wakes, I see that usually right away. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much watching channels a lot. Um, so I'll see that pretty quick. Yeah. Nice. That was, that's brutal. But we, we can't, we, we actually, we can't alert on, um, sites being down as quickly as what customers can themselves really if you if you set up a monitor like we always advise customers to have their own site monitoring mm -hmm. because we don't know what you're doing if we if we set our monitor thresholds to like one minute and your site's down for one minute and then we have to assign a person to it and react to it and find out what's going mm -hmm. on you might be just doing a deploy mm -hmm. so we don't really know mm -hmm. that so but you as the user would know that and you would know if that's a real uh monitoring alert or not the worst is when customers put our ticket system in their in their own monitoring <laughs> system we have a lot of customers that do that at the uh, like they iframe yeah. it into their system, you mean, or no? They just put our support email address as a contact oh. at their own Pingdom account or whatever, and then oh. <laughs> set the threshold super low, like thirty right, seconds. Right, they're like, uh. and, but you guys disabled. Uh, I mean, uh, you guys for a while had email based support, and then that, and then you change it to ticketing. That was probably part of the reason. I'd well, imagine. Yeah, that was one of the reasons. We, so what we did was you can't open a new ticket without going through the portal. Yeah. So you can't just email us yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and open a new one, which was partly that, but also partly because we want people to um, put in the get severity. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you got to get. Um, severity, what, what component is it? And then most importantly, and this is probably the biggest reason for it is, do we have read access or do we have write access? Yeah, to I like that option. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So support knows like it's just read access. They'll do, they won't touch anything. They'll just report what they find. Uh, if you give us read access, we'll go in and we'll try to save the day and just give it a heroic yeah. effort. But some people don't want that. They don't want us touching systems. They just want us to report. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, now that's know. a good little feature. Um, yeah, that was wild, man. It's crazy how centralized the internet is uh, with services like Cloudflare. Dude, we see a lot of we see a lot of Cloudflare status updates. They're always having every day some problem in some region somewhere. I like their service for the bot blocking. Oh yeah, I think it's really cool yeah, yeah, yeah. to protect uh, you know people trying to hammer Magento sites. And some customers get into that a lot more than others. And I think Cloudflare is a great idea for them what to just have it on all the time i would not mm -hmm. do that i, I would yeah. not yeah yeah totally sweet man well this is oh dude the other thing i wanted to maybe maybe we need to do a follow-up to talk about the um like developer tooling for Stratus, like dev environments and stuff. I remember we talked about that a little before mm -hmm. and um, I can't remember where, what the status of that is, but I thought it was super interesting how you were going to make it easy for people to deploy containers or whatever locally and sync up and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're testing it now. We, we, uh, pandemic's kind of slowed us mm -hmm. down. It's, Wow. Like, I, I think I had a tweet before, like, this is not remote work. Like, right now, this it's is not. It's just madness. It's different. Yeah. It's it's much harder, much harder for everybody, even us. So we are we are slowed down. Um, we put, we, we've, um, it's not on hold. We're still working on it. Um, but a little it's, delayed. I'd say we're about almost 80, 90% of the mm -hmm. way done. And we were at the point where we wanted agencies to come in and start testing mm -hmm. it, um, but now I think we're we're waiting to do to do some other features like zero downtime deploys, actually blue green deployments. We moved that up ahead of uh, the Stratus three release, and yeah, it, it's good. It has all it has the developer tooling, CI/CD pipelines. Uh, really focused around instance creation, so you can come in and just create ephemeral instances, which is nice. Uh, with ZFS because you don't have to like do a full MySQL dump out and MySQL back What's in. What's ZFS? Uh, you also don't have to. 
Yeah, so ZFS is a file system that allows you, it's a copy on write file system, mm-hmm. so you can really quickly do snapshots, especially of things like MySQL. Oh, okay. So instead of like, yeah, you can actually do MySQL replication with ZFS snapshots, and we do that. Like all the, one of the things we implemented was all the customers now have a HA, a MySQL HA, so they have a second MySQL attainer that's doing um, uh, passive replication that's near real time, just milliseconds delayed so we always have a second copy of the database data we do that with cfs um so yeah i mean that's the big thing like being able to create a dev copy in under a minute versus having to wait 10 15 20 minutes to get a dev copy or a Mm resynced copy um so we have a whole um new app essentially around managing those instances cloning them um and then the deployments of those with running commands for your CI/CD and zero downtime. So like with blue green deployments, instead of doing like Kubernetes rolling updates, we've moved to like a blue dude. Green I just googled strategy. blue green deployment. I'm like, what the hell is that? And uh, it's it's interesting. So there's two identical production environments called blue and green. And so at at any one time, production traffic is only going to one of those. So there's it's like literal zero downtime deploys. Yeah, we switch over to it. So we will hold. So like Magento Cloud does like they tr- they do something similar. Oh, okay. But they they hold. Well, not it's not really similar. They hold all the network connections. They just hold your network connections and hope your deploy takes less time than those oh, network really? connections are going to time out. And then they, yeah, oh, wow. um, this is like we actually copy all right. the code, get all the containers up and running in active state, and then we just switch the network traffic over right, to it. Right, so it's right. one of the really cool things you can do. Uh, and Kubernetes versus Kubernetes rolling deployments, which is how it works now, okay. where we we take down, I think, like two or three at a time and then bring up two or three more PHP FBM bots to move through it. Uh, we have a whole separate set now, which should work a lot nice, better. Dude. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. It's it's coming. It's really good features. And I've been talking about it for a long yeah. time. Um, we put a lot of work into it and it'll be really nice, cool, man. So. Yeah, that'd be cool to look at that at some point. Um, nice, man. Any, anything else um, that you want to get in here before we uh, before we wrap this baby up? No, I think that's it. If anybody has any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. I think it's a lot easier to answer specific questions yeah. than, than doing just a general... Because because we've been in it for so long, it's really hard to know what other people are struggling with so much and what's important to them. But if they have any questions, just hit me up on Twitter. Or just uh, Eric V. Heilman. Um, yeah, happy to answer any questions and link the uh, outline up and maybe that'll help someone. Perfect. And uh, sweet yeah. man, appreciate the opportunity, Ken. Yeah, man, good chat. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. <laughs> all right, we're out.